we're not prepared to do that, you will never get a house in, the, in this market. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? To get the answers, we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. Listen, we believe every agent should make a minimum of $100,000 per year, and we're on a mission to make this happen. We've already helped over 100 agents achieve this with our coaching. So if you wanna fast track your business growth, get to your first 100 thousand dollars in gci or add another hundred thousand dollars in gci using social strategies then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below also just make sure to follow us hit that subscribe button and if you get any value from this at all please tell a friend and leave us a review my name is andrew dunn and my name is peter michael welcome to elite agent secrets i want to I want to digress onto your second topic, actually, which is to do with those listings, which mm. is, this is actually, although it's something we discussed in a roundabout way, we've never had someone... Um, specifically, yeah, like specifically address this out, right? Yeah, yeah. So your second topic is negotiation. Mm-hmm. This is quite possibly one of my favorite things that I kind of don't talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. I read a lot about negotiation and persuasion and it's Mm -hmm. also to do with like human psychology and how there is certain ways that humans just work and Mm -hmm. there is nothing you're going to do to overcome them. So some people say it's like manipulation and they want to think of it negatively when actually if you use it, it's actually for their benefit. They feel like everything's better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love this topic. I've Mm -hmm. babbled already. Please unpack negotiation why it's your second secret to success. Okay, so negotiation expertise would be the second secret. Uh, for me, there's like two main negotiations that you do. Number one is negotiating uh, with, your, with my client. And number two is negotiating for my client, whether it's a buyer or a seller. Um, so negotiating with, with my client, of course, if I listing the property and you know, there's comes up with tons of objections and I, and, and you do their objection handlers and all that and negotiate your, your commissions and <laughs> everything and uh, negotiate the price for them to come up with a more realistic, um, more realistic price and show them the, uh, and do a really great job in CMAs and then negotiating for, uh, for your client. So let's say for a buyer, they're, uh, they're coming in or they're coming in with a, they're, uh, they're putting an offer and you got to negotiate with the agent to get for them to accept your, your client's offer. Um, so a lot of it comes with a, um, to be a successful negotiator. And this is mostly, and I would say, uh, for this one, this is for buyers who are having a hard time right now. A lot of the successful, um, negotiation comes in with great knowledge. Um, when I say knowledge, um, I would say knowledge of the real estate market, you know, understanding your numbers, understanding the upside potential, and of course the knowledge of your area. So I live in North Las Vegas, which people think it's a ghetto place until they, until I show them the million dollar homes over here. And then I say, Oh, why didn't I move? Why didn't I move to North Las Vegas before? (laughs) So anyway, so in my market, in my area, and especially here in North Las Vegas, I spoke to the mayor of North Las Vegas. I've already seen the map of where they're putting in commercial establishments. I know where they're placing in the, the next uh, five. Uh, uh, the, I know the, the businesses that are, that, that are operating and are building um, wherein each of these eight businesses are, 
are coming up with 2,000 to 5,000 jobs after they're built in the next few years. So if you have great knowledge of your area, it's so easy for me to tell a client to buy this home. And I'm right most of the time where their, their, their homes has appreciated by 36% year over year because I know the upside potential of that area. So that's one knowledge of the real estate market. So this is part of negotiating with my clients. So they couldn't find any homes on, on Summerland or couldn't find any homes in the Southwest area or Henderson area where most people are going because they're really on the news that, hey, Henderson wants the most safest city in, in the country. Is the third safest city in the country is Henderson, Nevada. And, and they all want to go to Henderson, but I don't realize that hundreds of thousands of people also want to go to Henderson and they're competing with so many people. And I tell them to, and I tell them to, Hey, I know that you've read about this and Henderson is a very established place. I've, I've sold a bunch of houses there and, and they're very happy, but hear me out. There's another area that are coming up. And I mean, this is of course, if when I know uh, if they're planning targeting a specific school, fine, but if they're, if they're just wanting to retire, wanting to have a safe place, you know, and they want to have great upside potential in their area. I show them other areas and I show them why this, this, these areas are a great buy. So I negotiated with them on the, on the location that makes it easier for them to buy a home for a hundred thousand dollars less for the same kind of home. So that's because of your knowledge of the real estate market, you're able to negotiate successfully with your client into buying a home elsewhere and get them under contract and sell them the house successfully. So that's one knowledge of homes is number two. Um, so like, like I said, my background, uh, my, um, and my, my, my dad is a builder, is a contractor and my brother's contractors and architect. So I spent, a, we spent a lot of time in, in new construction and homes that are being constructed. So I have good knowledge of uh, the anatomy of a house, how homes are built in general, how, how are, what are the types of roof, HVAC, ducts, the types of flooring, types of cabinets and all that. And I'm, I'm also a real estate investor and we renovate homes uh, for sale or for rent. And, because I have that knowledge and I kind of know the costs to like replace, let's say a buyer comes in, we looked at the inspection report, right? Uh, uh, they got under contract and they look at the inspection report and they're freaked out of, hey, um, the floor is not even, hey, the ceiling is cracked and that blah, 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 blah. And because I've seen that many times and we've corrected that many times and I have, the, I know the contractors who can fix those easily and I can tell them this is, this is the cause of what, when we did this the last time, you know, and I know the people that I can, I can get in to see how serious the problems are. I can tell that to the client and then I can tell them how we can fix those, those problems later on after they close, because, Hey, if you're buying a house right now, you have to purchase it as is. Meaning you're not going to ask for repairs if you're competing at 20 other offers on the market, right? <laughs> so, so once you, once you, um, so because of your knowledge of homes, um, anatomy and physiology of these homes, how they all work and, and how, how, and, and kind of the cost of how much it, it costs. And there's a big difference between, um, labor in California and labor here in Nevada, uh, where, uh, our roof as, as, a simple roof repair in California could cost them 10,000. Here's only $2,000. And sometimes they don't believe me until I, I do it and, and, and see it. Uh, but, but because of that, they won't back out and you've successfully sold them a home 
and of course, solve their issue. So because of your knowledge of homes, you've successfully negotiated with your client. And of course, um, good. Uh, if you have a great team, you know, great lender title, um, great, great team of contractors that can help you and your clients, you know, uh, close on their home, then yeah, those are those are just parts of uh, negotiation and expertise that, that I would that you know that I want to add on here. <laughs> what I like about uh, we, we, what I like about these is um, these also get encapsulated into being the knowledgeable agent or the knowledge broker, right? And it's like uh-huh. what people miss out on. I think this is directed more for our listeners who are newer. Um, which is how do you compete as a newer agent? One of the biggest fucking things you can do is be more knowledgeable at a certain niche. Like this is a huge point of leverage that people don't understand. So like one of the areas that we're big into and we're getting bigger into is pre-construction. Now Mm -hmm. that is a very specific subsector of selling a home. It's not like others. Now, if there is someone in our team who they call a billion dollar man. He did like six or 800 units last year alone. And nice. he stuck focuses on pre-con. Massive, just loves that shit. And it's like, he's got the relationships, but it's very specific and tailored. You don't do anything else. And it also comes into your market. We sell homes in Florida, huge pre-con market. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the amount of people coming down to Florida is insane. They're just building skyscrapers like they're going out of fashion. Right. Yeah. So that yeah, is yeah. part of being the negotiation is is tied into being the knowledgeable agent, which is tied into finding them the best deals, mm-hmm. which is tied into basically, you know, in a niche, you know, in your shit and you execute against, against it. And then that negotiation is an interesting. One of the things he said that I thought was interesting actually was like when you know your market and you know what's available and you can basically help get them better deals. Um, and kind of that transition there is interesting because a lot of people I think don't even try. I think it's kind of half-hearted um, and understanding where your clients are coming from, where they're at and the mm-hmm. negotiation between you two as well is also an important thing. Never mind the negotiation between you and the seller of the home and the other mm-hmm. agents. Like these are all different types of negotiations that are going mm-hmm. on all the time. Another mm-hmm. thing that I think about when you talk about negotiation is the fact that you're negotiating with buyers and sellers all the time, with other agents all the time, with your clients and the people on the other end of the deal. So it's like mm-hmm. you are you are getting like a full frontal attack from like yeah. five yeah. people minimum. And then you've also got negotiation with titles and mortgage to get better deals, to get more favorable terms and stuff like that going on all the time. And it's like, this is one thing that I think a lot of people – Miss, um, uh, don't appreciate about real estate agents. I think when you've really got a good grasp and sold a shitload of homes, there is a lot of other industries that you could go into because you've yeah. mastered a lot of fucking skills. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I use all, I use everything that's in that's in uh, my knowledge of the client to get them better deals. Let's say, okay, this this buyer is a registered nurse in the emergency department. They've they've been in the attack for uh, they've been in the front line of the pandemic since before the vaccine was started. And, uh, I go ahead and hey, if the seller's there, I t- talk to them. Hey, this is my client. He's registered nurse, and you know, and gotten you know, they got they got their uh, uh, deals accepted, even if they're not the best offer in the eyes of the in the eyes of the seller's agent. Because of that, um, for builders, you know, pre construction, I sold maybe about man 
maybe about 35 new construction homes last year. And I got maybe 10 of them under contract right now. Um, I love selling new homes <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I tried to get them better deals, uh, like say for registered nurses, for police, um, uh, for, you know, service members, they don't say it on the sales, uh, the sales agent don't say it until I go ahead and, Hey, don't, don't you have a hero's program of some sort? Oh yeah, we do. Here's an additional $5,000 towards your closing costs. That's what I'm talking about. Why don't you, t- I mean, if they, if they just came in by themselves and you don't tell them, then they lose on the $5,000. Right? I've got a question for you. And I mm-hmm. bet me and Peter are thinking the same fucking thing. Cause you've mm-hmm. just said that, that the veterans program, Peter, I'm going to assume you're thinking the same thing. So I'm going to let you ask. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Do the honors. FHA loans. Is that what you're thinking about? Or not? FHA, no. VA? Uh, no, right. VA. So, You're thinking of the VA loans, correct. No, I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I know they're kind of bucketed together because there's intricacies to it. So the reason when you were saying that, I was like, yeah, I was like, so we were talking about uh, a bit of a, a nightmare FHA deal. By and I was curious now, because we are talking about negotiation, this is very topical. Mm-hmm. Peter, you you were the man on the ground trying to negotiate with this guy. And first we, of all, I was I'm trying to negotiate with the client. Like, shut that yeah, just, just 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 listen to me. <laughs> like, dude, I, I want to sell you a home. I you know, like there's nothing short of that I want to do is first of all, find you the perfect house, get you in that house, yet alone, you know, make sure that you close. So you're right. The negotiation had to happen with the client, which I didn't succeed um, because they wouldn't listen to me. If I said, let's go left, they would just go right. And it was their way or the highway. No harm, you know, no harm, no foul. It's just becomes very challenging after a while. And then the second part of that is so that's where Andrew is kind of going is since we're on the topic of negotiations, how do you negotiate those deals when they're not favorable to the other party at all, right? Like the FHA, even though it's a great product, a lot of agents are not educated about what an FHA loan actually is. Government backed or, you know, the terms, they think that the appraisal is absolutely Mm -hmm. totally different process when it's not Mm -hmm. um, in comparison to a conventional loan, right? Because they're mm-hmm. looking for specific two or three items. I think it's like safety, occupancy, yeah. um, and there, there was like one more. But typically, mm-hmm. the FHA product is associated for everybody who's in the States that's listening with either no income or low income or mm-hmm. bad credit when there's going to be issues mm-hmm. down the line where they're not going to be able to close, right? Basically, yeah. in some kind of way, financial irresponsibility. This is why they're in an FHA product instead of like a conventional loan. So how do you negotiate those deals? What does that look like? Are you, are you taking them on? Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and I use every, every possible thing that I can, I can do because I know, okay, for here in the county, I think 60% are conventional uh, of all of all the loans that closed last year. 60% are, are conventional. Um, 20% are FHA and VA. Then, um, and then and for some 10%. reason, they both get put in the same bucket, but they're not. 
right? And yeah, a VA loan is different, FHA loan is different. Like it's yeah. one's for veterans, the other one is yeah. for everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally different. But not all FHA are, you know, are cash strapped. So I, I so of course, oh, when I, I agree st- with you, right? Like same, like in my situation, the reason why they're FHA is because mm-hmm. of some discrepancies between their FICO score and their actual credit score. Or they missed it by, I don't know, something nominal, like five or 10 points on, right. on getting qualified for a conventional. Because for conventional, you need a 680 or higher, right? Right. They're sitting on plenty of cash. Appraisal right. caps, 10, 20 bands, no problem, right? Right. So, so yeah. Um, so, I, I, I would tell them, okay, you are at a disadvantage because you're in FHA. Now, I'm not saying you switch to conventional, but this is how sellers are looking at, at your offer right now. So you got to understand the leverage here. Okay. So when we got an offer, we have to be very, very, very aggressive. Okay. Right, so when we find the very aggressive part, yeah, there's, 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 there's levels and aggressiveness. So you go in, okay. Um, for, if we're competing with, uh, we're, we're competing with multiple offers. Okay. We're going to say you're either you purchase the property as is you can, you can do that. Uh, you can have a high EMD, earnest money deposit, right? Uh, that's, check, check. That's, that's not, that's not, okay. You can do a purchase the property as is. So that means, okay, if I see some, if we see some, uh, some items on the house that, you know, uh, okay, the, they, they replaced the water heater, but they didn't put double straps on. I can pay for the guy who would put double straps on, on there. Okay. So it's as is just, to, just so they pass inspection. I can. We can get the we can get the my guy to install the the um the smoke detectors on every room. Okay, we got that covered. But but first, I'm gonna try to do the have the seller do it definitely. <laughs> and a lot of times they, they will because I tell them hey, it's it's an appraisal it's an appraisal uh, issue. So they have they they have to do it before the appraiser comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And most of the time they do it because it's a safety issue anyway. So so that's that. Uh, number three. Um, Biggest thing is a appraisal gap. Okay. So appraisal gap would be you're covering the difference between what it appraised for and what's the purchase price for in case the appraisal price is lower. You're covering up to X amount of it. So depending on my market analysis on the property and what I think this would appraise for, then I could recommend to the seller how much they're they're going in for. So for example, my client um looks like it is it, the property is overpriced which is most of them are and um, my clients are going in for twenty thousand dollars over and they're putting a guarantee of twenty thousand dollars something like that aside from it being as is aside from it being um, um aside from a high emd when I say high emd three percent two to three percent and they give us the and we give, we give them the proof of funds so even if they're fha if you, if you do it that way as aggressive as that one more um if you want to go really really aggressive um this happened with one of my clients who who closed on the property last week the emd gets um uh, it's non-refundable gets to the seller the first day that it that they accepted their offer so once that happens they already removed the appraisal contingency they already removed the loan contingency (laughs) Because their EMD is already given to the seller. If they back out, you cannot, they cannot get back their earnest money deposit. There's no due diligence. So somebody, it's like cash, but it's not. But there's no contingencies on, 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 on the offer. 
And um, I had a client who had That's 30 really ballsy. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I got to tell the client, hey, this is uh, this. You got to know the consequence of this. Okay. If you put this on and you lose your uh, and you back out for some reason, you will not get your earnest money deposit back. So I got to tell them the consequence. So when I give them the a buyer's consult, I tell them the levels of how strong, how aggressive your offers can be. When, when also part to see you're paying for the seller's closing costs, you know, uh, you're paying for the real property transfer tax or paying for the HOA resale package, HOA demand that can that can be, you know. Or you can just pay a buyer to pay $5,000 seller's closing costs, something like that. Depends on how how aggressive you want to be. So you got to get their risk appetite. And in the, in the eyes of my uh, one of my clients who is doing a 1031 exchange, they they really need to get that get that get a property right away because they only that have 45 time is days. Of the essence, right? What is that? Yes. Depends. It's like 30 days, yeah. give or take, where they have to move funds yeah. from one to the other. Yeah. 45 to get under contract uh, to identify three properties to get under contract 180 days to get to close that um, in order to avoid paying the capital gain. So they are highly, highly, um, highly, highly motivated. That's what we did. And they got their, they got their contract. They got their contract. And so, so it depends on how aggressive they want to be. And I have to tell them the consequences of doing this, this, this. <laughs> and so Clark, here's another curveball that I'll throw at you. Sure. You told them the different levels of risk. Mm-hmm. You told you educated about how things work and mm-hmm. the different ways that you can make your offer stand out. What do you do when they hit you back with, I'm not doing that. I'm not paying that. Why should I be paying $20,000 and closing the appraisal gap? Why should I be paying extra for the transfer tax? Why should I be paying for the seller's closing? Mm-hmm. Then I probably didn't do a, uh, and then then I'll re-explain to them what the market is doing right now mm-hmm. and how people get their offers accepted right now. Because if you don't do that, if you're not prepared to do that, you will never get a house in, the, in this market currently. Yes. So next. <laughs> <laughs> I know. For Actually, some reason, yeah. this stigma around FHAs is so huge, which kind of leads me to my next question is, when do you pull the plug? What are your telltale signs where you just have somebody who you've educated, you've reiterated, you know there's it's going to be extremely challenging and difficult to get them into the house? Mm-hmm. When do you pull the plug? Or do you pull the plug? Uh, yeah, I would I would have to uh, pull the plug if they're not if they're not ready to do what it takes to um, to get the house right now because they are wasting their time and nobody wants to waste their time. They're wasting my time, but I don't tell them that. But they are wasting their time if they're not prepared to do all all of these things in order to get a house right now. Unless if I could find them a new construction, because new construction, you know, they don't discriminate on VAs. <laughs> they don't discriminate on FHAs. If we can find something on their price point. Sure, we we can go for that. But if they're yeah, going good to luck finding a pre-construction, right <laughs> inventory. I mean, yeah, that would be ideal. And then mm-hmm. we're talking about a real life case scenario that we just pretty much dealt with, you know, not yeah. too long ago. And we did everything by the book, just like you're explaining. And at, at one point, it was a relief that we finally help them or indirectly help them find a house. And even if it was with another agent, it was like, mm-hmm. fuck yes. Thank God we got them into a house that somebody from our team was able to, to make it happen. But at one point it's like, 
You're anyway. getting in a car and it, and it's telling you, you know, stop sign, red light, green light, mm-hmm. make a left mm-hmm. turn here. And it's like, instead of making a left turn, we're making a right turn. Now we're getting further and further away from our destination. Mm-hmm. We don't have the luxury of time because the lease is going to be ending soon, mm-hmm. right? All of these things are buckling up and it's like, all right, we're about to drive off this cliff. We have no seat belts on. You're not listening to me to turn. So I'm either deploying myself out of this vehicle and saving myself or we're mm-hmm. kind of going down with you and then I'm the bad guy because I'm supposed to be your co-pilot. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, sometimes um, I would still take them out and then, uh, and this happened one time, we go to a house and there's like uh, 10 other people in line for that house that came just, that just came out today, uh, that day. And then, you know, they realize, you know, that, yeah, we gotta, we gotta really gotta take this seriously. And then they called their parents, the parents would give them a, parents gave them a $20,000 extra. So then we can just go ahead and, you know, put that onto the contract and they got their, you got their house in. So yeah, but ultimately you're prepared to walk away when you can. Yes. Yeah. Or, or because, I should say when you're being undermined as a professional, Mm-hmm. from helping yeah. them and empowering them to actually be in the best position of winning a house. Yeah. And I, and, and I'm not really totally against them because I get it. I, I really get it. But if I'm really, mo- but if you're going to buy a house right now, you got to be really motivated to buy a house right now. Mm-hmm. And I get it that, you know, that it is, it is really tough that you want to pay, you don't want to pay for that. Maybe you, maybe you're just not ready for now, but once you're ready, I'm there to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in gaining access to our course and coaching programs, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com.